Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. We're glad you're with us around the state, wherever you're tuned in or online. Welcome to the show. We've got a good one for you today. We've got two Southern Miss coaches with us today, Lucy Burke and Eddie Brescher, who handle the golf programs for Southern Miss. And uh, just last week, Jeremy McClain talked to us a good bit about the his plans for golf at Southern Miss. We thought it would be a great opportunity to come in and, and cover that fine sport with you today. So we're glad you're tuned in. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, and of course the Eagle Hour, and a great place for you to take your family for dinner. Southern Bank Course Studio, that's who sponsors the studios here in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Bob and Kelly, Luke is out in Laurel, but we're here in the Hattiesburg studios, and we're glad you're with us. All right, Eddie Brescher is the men's uh, golf coach for Southern Miss. Lucy Burke is the women's coach. She's actually in the studio with us, so welcome, Coach. Thanks for having me. really appreciate it. Well, we're glad to have you here. Let's start with you since uh, you're here. We want to talk about uh, what Jeremy McClain told us about his plans and hopes for the golf programs, but first let's talk Let's talk about the women's program and uh, where we are and uh, how things went. Yeah, so, you know, I just wrapped up year four, um, and it's been – it's been a fun ride, um, you know, having players come in that are super competitive, that love Southern Miss, that love golf. You know, it's, it's finding that right balance. And I think we're, we're well on our way. Um, you know, this off season, you know, wrapping up uh, Conference USA play, um, excited about the Sunbelt move. But we had um, the CUSA Freshman of the Year this year um, in Elena Milich. And then um, actually she followed uh, Merche Carbaccio, who is the CUSA Freshman. The previous year so back-to-back freshman of the year so you know recruiting is going really well on that sense and I think once the floodgates start opening as they kind of have with us then you know sky's the limit for where we're taking this thing all right coach Brescher match that <laughs> <laughs> we're not competitive I, with I, each other at all yeah so don't, I, I, don't I start tell. stoking that fire you, I can tell Lucy and I have played numerous rounds of golf against each other uh in May when things are a little bit slower for us I have had to buy Lucy multiple lunches. Let's just say that. <laughs> but I think Eddie, you had to, you had to be really pleased when you heard what the athletic director had said about one of the top things on his punch list for the next uh, tenure at Southern Miss was to really, really uh, get the golf program going with the facilities it needed. Kind of fill in some blanks for us. Yeah, so um, the move to the Sun Belt is going to be a fantastic thing for Southern Miss Athletics. Um, it, it's just, it's a huge conference, a huge fan bases. 
and we bring a lot of that to the table at Southern Miss. But, you know, there a lot of those programs in the Sun Belt have uh, golf facilities and golf centers and indoor areas. Now, fortunately, we're in a great weather situation, but we do get a lot of rain. And there are many, many days that we have to cancel practice and we can't do anything because of flooding and a lot of rain. So, unfortunately, we are one of the few teams that do not have any sort of indoor access. So that's something that's hindered us uh, in the past, and that's about to change. So to hear our administration and the leaders in our department really buying in to the golf programs and realizing how big of a golf community Hattiesburg is, is fantastic to have their support. But what will that look like? Tell us about the, the status of the facility out at Hattiesburg Country Club and, and in a perfect world, what it will look like and, and a time frame. So the actual facility will consist of an indoor putting studio. Um, the overall building is going to be 3,500 square feet. Uh, we'll have an indoor putting studio where we can do all of our club repair and any kind of issues there that we have for the teams. We'll have three hitting bays that are very large. Um, we'll also have two offices uh, for the coaching staff and a third office space as a little study room for the players. Um, that will be the, the current phase. It'll be right there on the back of the range at Hattiesburg Country Club. And our goal is to begin construction in 2022. Now, Coach Burke, I know that's good for recruiting. Before we get to that, how badly did you beat Coach Brescher in golf? <laughs> Now, listen, Eddie, I like to call Eddie a little bit of a sandbagger because he talks. He's like, oh, no, I'm not very good. I'm not very good. And then shows up and always has his A game when we played. Right. So um, he's giving me a couple shots, um, you know, starting to get back into the swing of things. But um, I love I love our competitions. And we've tried to kind of echo that with, you know, having both teams together. You know, our mission is to be Southern Miss Golf, not just the separate entities kind of going our own, own direction. So I think, you know, the relationship that he and I have and, the kind of brother sister, you know, tag team kind of harassing that that we do to each other, I think, kind of echoes everything that we do. All right, but the the facilities that Jeremy told us about that can't be anything but a plus plus for recruiting. Oh, it's 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 huge. You know, you look at um, you know within the state and the the teams up north, and um, you know, as Eddie was saying, within the Sun Belt, um, I think we're one of two, maybe three that don't that don't have it. It's one of those things we don't necessarily need it right now. We can we've done fairly well without it. Our weather's so good down here. Our resources, Hattiesburg Country Club, has been you know a great home for us. But to take that next step, get that next level player, continue to grow what we're doing, this is going to be a huge game. Yeah, but you, you know darn well that other schools are using that against you. For sure, for sure. But you know, but you look at you know the track record that we what we've been able to do. Eddie's had um, a he- hell of a year. Pardon my language. I don't know if I can say that. No, you're from yeah. Arkansas. Okay, we get it's it. Fair, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> um, you know his group had a great year this last year. You know got knocked out. Um, of the conference match play tournament, um, you know we're we're making all those strides, but this is really going to be the thing that pushes Southern Miss golf over the edge. Eddie Bresher, you have used the phrase in in discussions before that that one of the goals that you and Lucy would like to do is make, and, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but Southern Miss golf sexy again. What 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 do you mean by that? Well, we just we want to make it attractive. I mean, we're in a great part of the country that uh, you can play golf 365 days a year. I mean, golf is cool. Everybody plays golf. Everybody loves the sport of golf. Uh, It's a game you can play for the rest of your life. So, you know, golf kind of gets overlooked at times in the athletics world. Um, And and that's just something that we're not cool with. We're we're here to make golf cool. And as Al Davis said it best, just win, baby, win. And everybody loves a winner. And that's what we're trying to build here. 
Pittsburgh, how do you recruit? Traditionally, obviously, in, in basketball, baseball, football, you go to high schools. Every high school has a football team. Does every does every high school have a golf team? And if not, where do you go and how do you go about recruiting? Um, you know, it depends on your know, location for the high school. A lot of it is sometimes it's word of mouth through coaches, swing coaches within certain areas. There's so many junior golf tournaments right now. Like Coach Eddie's at a junior golf camp right now, um, keeping his eye out on some players and um, – I mean, you can go anywhere in the country right now and run into whether it's an AJGA, an SJGT, a junior PGA. Like, there's so many events that are going on. So you kind of have to just kind of keep keep your eyes open, um, you know, hit the pavement, go out and try and find players. And, um, you know, even with the international recruiting, going over to Europe or, you know, wherever, wherever the wind takes us, it's just one of those that you're constantly looking for that next, whether it's, you know, your A player, your B player, you're looking for that next one that's going to come in you were competitive and step up. But, but is it reasonable to say, Coach Burke, that in Mississippi we don't have a lot of women's programs at the high school level compared to other states across the country? For sure. You know, each state does their own thing differently. But what we do have going on here is our state golf association is phenomenal. They run a lot of junior programs, a lot of women's events, a lot of men's events, and they're really about promoting the game of golf. Um, you know, I just played in the, the stadium a couple weeks ago and seeing how many juniors are out playing in that, you know, or competitive. They know each other. They go travel to tournaments together and everyone's kind of cheering on each other. It's not that, you know, pettiness of, oh, you're going here or this, that, and the other. Like Mississippi golf is, it's, it's a family and it's really cool to be a part of it and to see that growth. I like golf because you're not necessarily trying to beat the person that, you're trying to beat the course. Right, and then and then where, wherever their your score falls, it falls. But but there is a lot more camaraderie as far as that goes. You're not wishing somebody else badly. You want to beat the course, not the person. No, for sure. And if somebody does play well, then hey, good on them, and you get them next time. It's a tough Look, I game. Hope, though, I it. hope when Lucy and I play, she shoots sixty three. I just hope I shoot sixty two. <laughs> She says that doesn't happen often, Coach. She told us that off the air. <laughs> same, same with men's golf. You have to um, you have to follow these tournaments. It's not traditional in the sense that you can't go to high school X and uh, and recruit off their high school team. So I'll give you an example. Like when I was in high school, I mean, our one guy and two guy were were pretty solid players. Our three guy, we were just hoping he can break eighty. Our four man, we were just hoping he broke ninety. And the five guy, good Lord, if he showed up to the tee, we were happy. Okay, so, and my high school golf coach was my mother. I mean, God bless her, but she was a volleyball coach and she was a track and field coach. So she just did golf because her kid liked it. And so her, her golf education wasn't quite where it could be, you know. And so the other side of that, too, is that, look, we're looking for players that can do it on multiple days. Unfortunately, at the high school level, you have a tough time doing multi-day events. Um, but it, it's something you need to compete in. You need to play in high school golf. You know, support your school and be there for that. But in in the summertime, that's when you get to play the multi-day events where we get to see, okay, this kid's leading after the first round. Now what are they going to do when they got to sleep on the lead? We're talking golf today on the Eagle Hour. Coaches Lucy Burke and Eddie Brescher are with us. We're going to continue our conversation right after this.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And this segment of the Eagle Hour is sponsored by our good friends at Campus Book Mart and Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street. Miss Kathleen and her crew have a great selection of Southern Miss sports apparel. Got stuff for your house, for your car. You can also shop them online at campusbookmart.net. Want to remind you about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it 365 on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour. So if you can't catch us live on one of the Super Talk radio stations, you can always catch up uh, with the Eagle Hour on your podcast. Lucy Burke and Eddie Brescher are our guests today. They are the women and men's golf coaches at the University of Southern Mississippi, and I I just learned during the break that uh, Coach Burke is not only the golf coach, she is the back-to-back St- amateur state champion. Congratulations. You just did it for the second year in a row. I did. You know, the first year was is fun to compete to kind of, you know, see the, um, the junior golf up close and personal and kind of understand what, what they're going through. And then year two, it's just... Man, it's kind of a whirlwind and, and kind of exciting. And look, I don't, I don't want to get you kids, you know, fighting here because I'll turn this car around if I have to. But that's something that you have not been able to accomplish, Eddie Brisher, is the state that end. Is <laughs> as that is true. That is true. That is one I am lacking. She's won it twice, sure. Coach. You, just, you do realize that, right? Twice she's won it. <laughs> Hey, I've got three runner-ups. Does that equal one win or no? Uh, what do you say, Coach? Uh, she says no. Horseshoes and hand grenades, no. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what close. I figured. So tell us about that tournament. Where was that? How many rounds was that? And, and again, congratulations. Thank you. you. It was uh, June 10th through the 12th up at Laurel Country Club, um, which third oldest course in the state of Mississippi. I hate that course. Brutal. <laughs> brutal. Uphill, downhill. Yeah. But it's one that you know we've taken our players to a couple of times just because it's so different than what we see here in town at the Country Club or Cane Break or Temperton. Um, so kind of really test test your game and you know had to be super patient all week and um, you know got the job done. Actually beat one of our um, our uh, Merche, who was our freshman of the year last year from from the conference, got clipped her by a shot. So I can't wait to go into that first team meeting and have that trophy sitting on the table for her. Well, the thing I hate about Laurel <laughs> Country Club. how it's done, Coach. Yeah, the thing I hate about Laurel Country Club is you better be able to hit every every club in your bag. And I don't hit a wedge very well. And if you, a lot of the greens are elevated yeah. at Laurel Country Club. And if you can't hit a wedge, brother, you might as well not even show up. It's like trying to hit it in something the size of this <laughs> yeah, desk. I, I'm going to so. guess, too, you don't play without a cart. Well, of course, of course okay. I don't. <laughs> Very rarely do I get out of the cart. I just Correct. kind of lean over there and <laughs> with one idea, hand. His idea of exercising is to ride around in his car. Yeah, I thought manual labor is the president of Mexico. Anyway, um, Eddie Bresher, you're talking about the, the indoor facility that, that Jeremy McLean wants to, to get done you know, during his tenure. You don't go to an architect and say, hey, we, we'd like an indoor golf facility. I mean, where did you get the idea? you know, for what you wanted in the golf facility, and then how did how did Pencil get to paper? Well, let me first say this. So if it weren't for all of our donors and Coach Weeks who came before us and everyone at Hattiesburg Country Club, we wouldn't even have acquired the land that this thing's going to be built on. So without them, we couldn't be where we're at right now. But Coach Lucy and I, when we got hired together at the same time as head coaches, we really sat down and thought, okay, we've each – seen so many golf centers and teaching facilities and stuff before what makes the most sense for what do we need obviously you can spend a lot of money building a house for what you want but seriously you got to take a step back and really think about what do we need so we sat down and came up with an idea of, of a kind of a layout of what we need 
met with administration. Um, they signed off on their, their blessing on it based on what we hit pitched to them. And uh, we came up with this neat design for a 3,500-square-foot facility. But, but then the money, right? Everybody would like to, and that's, that's the next thing that comes in. Correct. And so, you know, pre-COVID, um, obviously, labor costs, lumber costs, things like that, your materials were right. a, a much more affordable price. Um, since then, things have gone up a little bit. Um, so we originally had a goal of about 750 to get it done. Um, obviously, that's going to be a little bit higher now, uh, post-COVID pricing. So we're trying to work through that right now, uh, trying to get an idea of what the actual cost will be. Um, once we get that kind of nailed down, we'll, we'll be able to f- see where we are at exactly on cost. But based on what we've raised to this point, we do feel pretty comfortable that we can green light it here very shortly. Uh, what would be the time frame of getting this open and put to use? Uh, the goal is to break ground this year in 2022. Um, hopefully that, uh, in a perfect world, that would have happened yesterday. Right. Um, but we're kind of, everybody's moving all over the place. I know with baseball, had the regional and super regional in town. That took up a lot of time um, from us to be able to kind of sit down and, and go through everything with administration. But still, it's uh, it, it's really sitting down and getting a good, firm, concrete price with, uh, right. with someone to build it and Let's go ahead and get this thing done. As soon as we get through that part, and that doesn't happen very quickly, uh, that's a, a process that you really have to work through. Um, you can't just really go say, hey, you're going to build it, and off we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're I, trying to navigate through that process. And, and there are people that are good at certain things. I mean, you know, Pete Dye and, and Jerry Pate and some of these guys that design courses. You go to those guys. If you're, who, who is it that actually builds, air quotes, golf indoor facilities is there such a animal out there so it, it's pretty much like because the building that we're building is not necessarily a commercial building it's going to be a more of a kind of a house but it's going to have commercial components to it uh, you'll need commercial flooring uh, you'll need commercial restroom areas because of the amount of traffic that you'll have through those parts of the facility now as far as the golf side of things once you have your shell built out of the building You'll go to, uh, there's a gentleman called Tim Cutshaw, who has basically built every golf center from Kiowa Island to Pebble Beach. And so he is actually a guy who's going to be huge that uh, we'd like to hire to come in and get this done to get our technology set up where we want, make sure the putting carpet, the putting green, and all that is to the liking that we want. All right, about uh, three minutes left. I, I want to talk to both of you about this in the time we have left. Uh, three days from now, Southern Miss becomes a member of the Sun Belt. Uh, Coach Brescher, let me ask you first, what what sort of uh, competitive change will your program see when you enter the Sun Belt? What are the, uh, what are the good things about going to the Sun Belt and the challenging aspects of it? Well, on the guy side, it really doesn't change, or and really for both programs, doesn't change how we schedule because we don't play a conference set schedule per se. Uh, we'll still compete in the events that we need to be in, but Conference USA was a really good golf conference on the guy side. We had eight teams in the top 80 go to the conference championship this year wow. uh, out of the 300 teams in Division One. So we'll see that same level of competition. But when you got 14 teams and only one gets out for an automatic qualifier, you're trying to get your national ranking up as high as you can 
because it's going to be hard to win a conference championship, but we feel confident we can do it. Coach Burke? I feel like with the Sun Belt, it's, they have an appreciation for all their sports, and they take their sports seriously and wanting to make sure that their championships are true championships. So I'm really excited about just one being taken a little bit more serious uh, within a conference. And same thing with you know the scheduling. It's you know we play in whatever tournaments we want to in the regular season, and then postseason gets, gets a little bit more serious. And so for us, I think competition increases – Um, We have a lot more teams that are closer to us, so we'll see them probably a little bit more than what we did some of the Conference USA teams. But overall, it's going to be a good – it's a great move um, across the board. Three days away. I will echo that substantially. It's going to be a huge move for all sports at Southern Miss. Well, Eddie, as a thank you for being on the program, you you especially – uh, the Eagle Hour is going to get you three sessions with Dr. Phil to talk over the fact that you have not won a state amateur. And, <laughs> and your colleague has won not one, but two back-to-back, I might add. So, well, hey, I got the biggest set of ears on this side of the Mississippi River, so I'm good at listening. <laughs> have you shown him the latest trophy, Coach Burke? I have. It has been in my office. I kept it in the office the last year and just got my name put back on it. So it'll be it'll be front and center when he returns. And Eddie, you're you're teaching on the on the East Coast somewhere. Yes, kind of update us as to where you are and what you're doing right now. Yeah, so I'm over at uh, at Wake Forest working uh, the Jerry Haas Golf Camp right now. So we've got a week of bunch of kids, uh, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day for all week, my man. So I think I've heard a couple uh, in the background. They're around you right now, aren't they, Coach? We're pretty yeah, close that, to that's what that's what I heard in the background. They were uh, seeing which ball they were going to take because we're doing a little scramble this afternoon. So. Okay. Two of my favorite PGA Touring pros ever, both went to Wake Forest. Curtis Strange and Lanny Watkins. There you go. Ah, that's awesome. Show, Very show, cool. Showing some of my some of my age there, well, Coach uh, Rusher. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. We'll let you get back to the camp. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Well, thank you, guys. We appreciate y'all and everything you do for Southern Miss and our golf programs. All right, to the top. All right, Eddie Brescher out at uh, Wake Forest University, and uh, Coach Burke. Our equal thanks to you, and uh, really glad you uh, came in the studio with us here. It's always fun to get our guests here in the studio with us, and we were happy to have you. No, thanks. Really appreciate. It. Look forward to coming back. And I got to tell you, Bob, it was either us or ESPN on the cusp of her winning the state amateur, and she chose. <laughs> yeah, well, we appreciate you guys that, always guy. number one. Number <laughs> you know, one. You go for the hat trick next year. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, no pressure. I, got, I feel like I need to start practicing now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, women's golf coach and state amateur champion, Lucy Burke. That's right. Eagle Hour continues. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. I want to thank all Coach Eddie Brescher for joining us. Uh, Coach Lucy Burke is still in the studio with us. We're glad to uh, have her finish out the show with us. This segment of the show is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. 
That's a great place to go have lunch five days a week. Best plate lunch in Hattiesburg. Great food every night. And, of course, the big game is always on the TV at 4th Street Bar and Grill. And I want to remind you that tomorrow on the show, uh, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com and the old hacksaw himself, uh, Jack Duggan, sports information director, kind of put a bow a little bit on uh, on the college baseball season. And, and speaking of that, Kelly, I want to run this by you. I was reading uh, today that uh, Matt Walner, former Golden Eagle with a home run king at the Southern Miss, was uh, named the Minor League Baseball Player of the Week. He's doing very, very well in uh, AAA. And, uh, but uh, on the other hand, Nick Sandlin, uh, who was with the Cleveland uh, Indians slash Guardians, uh, moved back to AAA along with uh, Kirk McCarty. You, you see a kid like Nick Sandlin, Kelly, who just was uh, in the college game untouchable. It, it reminds you of how difficult and competitive it is to make a major league roster. It's it's super competitive. Well, because you're taking you're taking the element that that you don't see in college, and something that that Coach Burke was actually talking about on the golf scene is at the professional level now. You've got the influx of all the Latin American players, right? And in college, you're generally only dealing with with kids from the United States. So each level you go up, it gets more and more competitive. So by no means is it a slap in the face. For Nick Sandlin or Kirk McCarty to go to AAA, I mean, and they've both been to the show. It just shows you how competitive, you know, it, it is. And of course, my son works in in pro baseball uh, with the Phillies and player development, and and he is, you know, in wanting to advance his career, he's trying to learn Spanish. You know, he he says I'm being very serious when I should have paid more attention to Spanish in in high school because of the influx of, of Latin American players and management and so on that, that, that speak Spanish primarily. So, yeah, it's, man, so, the fact so that... put in perspective, though, how good you have to be to be playing triple-A baseball. Well, and look, Walner's not done. I mean... Oh, it, no, he's, he's still on a trajectory up. And he's in a great, he's in a great franchise, the Twins, to be able to make that escalation because the Twins are what you call a small market team. Right. So they're not going to go out and get the Aaron judges of the world and pay these guys, the trouts of the world, and pay them multi hundred million dollars. They're just not going to do that. Right. They're going to develop their own talent of which Waller was drafted, you know, by the twins and has worked his way up the program. So you're going to see him in, in the big leagues uh, next. But a lot of things have to go right too, Bob. Injuries. How, we've, we've talked about the Southern Miss pitching staff this year, how they weren't injured. But one injury. You can be out of a job. I mean, look at the old Wally Pip story. You know, Wally Pip gets gets hurt. And, Only you would know this story, but go ahead. And Lou Gehrig comes in to take his place, and Lou Gehrig never left the lineup after that. You were that. upset back when that happened, too, weren't you? you I, were. I just said, I said, Wally, come on. play, Rub some dirt on it and get back in there. <laughs> you know, it was 1941 or something. I don't remember exactly. Right. They all run together at that time, and then the war came along. And So we'll follow the progress of all these kids. We'll get an update from our minor league correspondent, Al Holder, here. He's the one that actually uh, sends me the news. He sent me the news about Walner and about Dick Sandlin last night. So, uh 
Uh, you know, Nick will be back. Nick's way too talented, and he's. I think he's. I think he's dealt with some arm injury as well. And and the the Guardians are really trying to find themselves. Look, they're not in a competitive situation this year. You know, um, that that AL Central that they're in, they're just not. They're just not very competitive this year. So they they don't feel like they have to make any rash decisions at this point. And they they're they're up there among the major league leaders in transactions, particularly in the pitching staff. They've gone through a lot of different pitchers. Right. So Kirk and Nick are, are just among uh, the many people that have been up and down in that Guardians organization as they try to find themselves right. pitching-wise. And your team, the Tigers, suck as usual, correct? Well, it's, you yeah. know, birth, okay. death, taxes. Okay, I got you. <laughs> the Tigers. Are... Uh, we've got uh, Coach Burke still in the studio. Coach, put your headsets on a minute. I, w- I want to get your opinion on something. Here's another interesting article today. Uh a kid from Miami uh, reportedly gets a $6.2 million likeness deal to play football for the Miami Hurricane uh, this this year. Coach, we've, we've talked about this a lot on the show, uh, but you, you make a living in, in collegiate athletics. Correct me where I'm wrong. I think we're seeing the destruction of collegiate athletics as we know it. It's taking away that amateur aspect of what sports is supposed to represent and you know, for me and the way I've always kind of grown up is you go to school, you get your education, you play your sport, and if you go on afterwards, great. And I feel like now we're kind of, it's become more of a business and it's more of that business transaction versus what sports are supposed to be and kind of bringing everybody together. And now it's, you know, who's got the most money, who's going to help me out the most versus just going and playing. And if you're a college coach, if you're the coach of the University of Miami, I mean, how much coaching can you really do to a to a kid that just got paid six point two million dollars? Not a whole lot, unless I'm making six point two million right, myself. Right, right. It creates so. it creates it really creates a relationship issue, does it not? No, for sure. And you know, it's one of those of you know, hopefully, you know, you've seen kind of I think some players giving back when they get these NIL deals, whether it's to their teammates, maybe their universities. So you know, we at least have that kind of good side of the NIL deal, but it's just kind of that unknown waters that we don't really know what's out there yet. Coach McNellis, Joy Lee McNellis, uh, made a great point to Kelly and I the last time she was on the show, too, about all this. She said that it's going to be it's going to be largely the female athletes in college that get left out of the pot. For sure. And even our um, our international students as well, um, you know, with on the women's side, the student, uh, the two players at Stanford, Rachel Heck and Rose Zhang, have both signed six six figure deals um, with Adidas and you know other companies. Ingrid Lindblad, who played at plays at LSU, was um, you know kind of the US US Women's Open darling this year. And being from Sweden, she can't cash in on those deals, right? So it's kind of still that disparity of um, you know, whether it's nationality or even even across sports. So there's there's still a lot to be worked out with how all this functions. But but on the women's side, and and we make no bones about the fact, and we talked with this about this with Coach McNellis as well. Title IX aside, there's still a disparity for sure. Look, let's just let's just be honest and put it out on the table. Women's sports don't get near the accolades. They don't get near the money uh, to be able to. You know, that's just that's just the way it is. This is going to further. It would seem to me that gap between men and women's sports collegiately. For sure, because then it's not really about, you know, your sport and your actions doing the talking for you, right? It's all the other things that go into it. And, you know, on the women's side, we fight the whole, you know, you have to look a certain way in order to be marketable. 
So this is, you know, making that well known. And obviously with all the mental health issues that go along with everything else, it's just tying everything in that's just it's going to snowball at some point. And and in a negative way. For sure. Yeah. If you were in charge, Ooh. would you take all this away and take it back to the way it's been traditionally? I feel like in perfect world, yes. But I think there's a way that we can structure it that we can still help student athletes um, use their name, image, and likeness for the betterment of themselves. Um, but I feel like we're too far down the rabbit hole to ever ever try and pull back now. Yeah. What do you think? We ask. Um, I forget which coach we asked this the other day, and he didn't. He didn't have any answer. Uh, what do you, What is the objective of the NCAA here? What are they trying to accomplish by allowing football players to make six point two million dollars? Or if you're unhappy, you can just leave and play somewhere else next year. I think they've tried to cater cater to the student athlete too much, and um, you know they've had so much chirping in their ears about you know why can't. Um, you know, we make money off of this, you know, the university is using us for this. So I feel like it's all this talk that's been around them. And so they finally decide to do something and kind of jump in, but without having the full spectrum of what, you know, ripple effects this will cause. Um, so I think it's coming from a good place. I just think it was done too much in haste before we knew all the, you know, the laws and the way things needed to function to make it feasible across are you concerned about the future of college athletics because of this always always you know it's always one of those of you know with the ncaa and kind of their rulings on on certain things and even with this it's it's tipping that scale like i said we're kind of losing that amateur side of things to now it's more more of a business and that's not what college athletics is supposed to be and and i really think you guys that you've gone from a to z too quickly okay i think there's going to be some pullback and Brandon Lacey, the defensive line coach, I think is maybe who we were talking about, Bob, um, the defensive line coach at Southern Miss, that, okay, you've gone from A to Z very, very quickly. All right, once they realize how far they've gone, a reasonable person, and that's the phrase here, or a reasonable organization, will pull the reins back a little bit and say, okay, we've seen what has gone wrong. Let's now check, make a list of the things that have gone wrong and slowly change things, mold it to where we can check those things off the list and find a happy medium. But clearly, I don't think that we'll ever go back to the way that it was. No, and when I was at uh, the University of Kentucky, which was my first coaching job, um, they implemented a deal. So it was kind of a pre-cost of attendance to where if you were on a full ride, you got an extra $2,000. And But it was only if you were on a full ride. So that only affected a certain number of sports, you know, some equivalency and you know this, that, and the other. And then they realized their mistake pulled back on that and then now this is kind of that new new talk so it's always kind of been around and they've kind of dabbled a little bit but i think this is really jumping headfirst into all right final segment of the eagle hour coming up next stay with us we'll be right back southern bank core studio in hattiesburg Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour, 
on the Super Talk Mississippi Radio Network is sponsored by D1 and DBAT. That's a great place to take your children for softball or baseball training. It's a great place to, for athletes of every age to go fine-tune their game, uh, get their bodies in the best shape they can, and be the very best they can in their sport. They're located on Hardy Street. It's state-of-the-art, and uh, we know you'll be happy with D1 and DBAT. Uh, on the opposite end, sort of, is where Kelly works out a lot, would be at Mobay Beignet. And uh, he likes the uh, he likes the beignets. He likes the syrup, uh, Coach. Now I'm just looking. I'm looking across the studio. I'm just gonna take a guess. Kelly goes to Mobin Beignet more than you. Just, just, just. I'm, I'm assuming just by the looks of things. That might change now. I'm kind of I'm kind of interested. <laughs> have you been there? I have not. No. It's delicious. Uh, if you like beignets, like uh, and they're famous in New Orleans. My wife and some other people that I know that have been there believe these are better than Cafe Du Monde. They're certainly very delicious. They order them. Uh, they cook them when you order them. Nice. They're located right across the street from the campus. they got a lot of varieties of uh, different uh, toppings that you can put on them, which is a little different than New Orleans. And they have a lot of great coffee. So, Kelly, it's uh, your kind of spot, brother. <laughs> but Yeah, but... Uh, they they want you to leave after a couple of hours though, and I've, I've I don't know they'll let you buy as many Mobay beignets as you want. Oh I yeah, that's those are the all you can eat buffets. They want me to that's leave. That's where after. you're banned from okay, the yeah, buffet. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, they said it was like all you can eat, not eat all day. Isn't that what they said? Well, they just said you've been here two hours. I mean, how, how you know <laughs> how much? It, and I told them it doesn't say you have to leave at a certain time. It said all no, you can eat, all you can eat. I'm still eating. You know. <laughs> So Patrick McGee from uh, NOLA.com updating us. So we're going to start keeping up with the New Orleans Saints more and more here as we get closer to football season. And uh, Jack Duggan, with a, I thought, wrote a fantastic article that summarized college baseball uh, here this year and what an incredible year it was. And uh, so we're going to talk to Jack and kind of put a bow on things uh, for Wednesday. And women's golf coach Lucy Burke is still with us here. Lucy, I know uh, Coach Eddie Brescher on the men's side has been able to actually recruit some Canadian players boy you talk about not just a culture shock but a weather shock when you're coming from Flin Flon Manitoba to, to to Hattiesburg Mississippi but what about international how do you handle international uh, recruiting for the Lady Eagle golf team same well quick shout out to one of Eddie's Canadians uh, Bennett Ruby who just qualified for the USGA um, amateur um, that's going to be up in New Jersey uh, later this summer so now has Eddie won that Eddie is not. So add that to the list of things that Eddie still needs to win. Um, He'll never come back on the show. No, he won't. No, he's he not. Um, um, sorry, what was your question? I got distracted. Now, how, you, how, do you, how do you, on the Lady Eagle side, handle international recruiting? Same. We've had um, really, really good success in Spain. So we will have uh, four Spaniards this year. We have a, a player from Thailand and one from Japan and then one from Texas, who we do count as an international uh, JC, just because Texas. Um <laughs> Says the woman from Nebraska. Right? <laughs> and Arkansas. And Oklahoma. And yeah, Houston I'm and all, Oklahoma all and Kentucky. Um, uh. But no, it's just one of those with golf being so international now. Um, you know, talent is everywhere and you got to go find what's good. And again, what we talked about earlier of, you know, our resources being really, really good here and the university buying into athletics and what Jeremy's done and weather and facilities and all that. Like we've got the bones for something really, really great, and we're starting to kind of see that pay off. But it's, but it's really tough when you're talking about a fan base, too, that really embraces local kids. Mm-hmm. You know, but, and when you look at your roster and you've got all these foreign kids, people are going, well, I like Southern Miss, but I don't know any of these young ladies. It's, it's tough for me to kind of... So for us, in being um, you know, a part of Hattiesburg Country Club, we try to get out in front of you know, the membership out there, obviously what you guys do, and you know, 
being able to come in and talk about our, our players. So we try to get out in the community as much as we can, right? Because we want them to leave, you know, when they graduate and they leave Southern Miss to still be a part of the Golden Eagle family, right? Like it's not just a four or five year deal. It's, it's a lifelong deal. Um, so for us, that that's our big selling point of you come, come to school. It's not just golf and school. It's, it's Hattiesburg, it's Mississippi, like be, be immersed in your environment. Well, I'm, I'm an, uh, immersed with the, the men's golf team every once in a while. We'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we've always said you guys are the smartest of all because, uh, you know, you're playing at the most beautiful golf courses in America and, uh, Traveling around playing golf—it's a pretty good gig. Not to show, our our offices are pretty good. They flood occasionally, but yeah. you know you can yeah. you can deal with that. And really, you know, you hear a lot about softball travel. Bob, you coach travel softball for a long time, but man, if if I've got a daughter that's athletically inclined, man, golf is the way to go. You know, golf or tennis, I would think, because you're only as good as you want to be. For sure, it's it's you pushing yourself, and you can continue to play after college. You, you know, your body doesn't take as big of a toll as football or, you know, basketball or even softball. And you know, it's helped out in in the business world as well, right? You go play in a couple of those scrambles, you win you win a little bit for your company, and all is right in the world. And if you and if you happen to get on the tour and make the cut for any week, you could finish dead last and make eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of money in golf in there, Coach. <laughs> yeah. We're getting there. We're getting a there. $9 million purse at the KPMG? At the KPMG, yeah. And that's the biggest one ever. That's the biggest one. Um, they're starting to you know, kind of balance or get a little bit closer to the guy side, which we've seen happen on tennis and the, the professional ranks in the majors. So um, we're, making, we're making strides, slowly but surely. Well, Coach, thanks for spending the hour with us. It was a great pleasure to have you in the studio. No, thanks for letting me hang out. Coach Lucy Burke, everybody, the women's golf coach here at Southern Miss. Tomorrow on the show, Patrick McGee, NOLA.com. Jack Duggan, the famous hacksaw. The left-hander. It's going to be a great show. We hope you join us. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top. Mississippi Media Production.